Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to Neil Before Pod interviews. I'm your host Craig and I recently had the pleasure of talking to Alessandro Miro, the actor who plays Hunter Fosterini in the prime video freebie rom-com Puppy Love. We talk representation, working on a TV show's schedule and dealing with being cut. Sit back, relax and enjoy. I'm delighted to be joined on Neil Before Pod with Alessandro Miro. Hello, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Easy question to start off with, I guess. How did you get started in your career as an actor? What got you bit by the acting bug and how did you get into it? I've always wanted to be an actor since I can remember, since I was a kid. So I can't fully remember the exact time. It's literally just been the one thing that I've always been sure that that's what I wanted to do. My parents watched a lot of movies when we were kids, so I probably just saw that and was like, that's what I want to do. And so in high school, I started doing plays and stuff like that. And then when I graduated, I went to theater school and then started auditioning for film and TV and both started booking a few gigs. And that's how it went. Almost the classic route. You just wanted to do it, started auditioning and there you are. Yeah, yeah. That's usually how it goes, right? (laughs) You've done a wide variety of roles I've seen on your IMDb page. Is there anything you're drawn to more than other things? Or do you just like to see what gets thrown your way and, and try and adapt to it? Honestly, I love to play all different kind of things. So if I haven't played something, I really like to dive into that kind of character that hasn't been given to me yet. I do love to do comedy. I love comedy. The last movie I did was a comedy and even the web series that I wrote is comedic. I'm just really drawn to humor. So I do love to do that, but also love dramatic roles as well. So what was your transition into writing then? You said you wrote a web series. What made you want to do that and create something? Honestly, it was at a point in my life when I was struggling in the industry. I felt that I wasn't getting the kind of roles that I wanted. And a big part of it was because I'm an immigrant. So English is my third language. And I was really struggling to get any kind of roles because of that, because I had an accent. And so I started writing out of frustration, (laughs) if that makes sense. And I tend to turn my frustration into comedy. So when I started writing the web series, it wasn't even to make it into a web series. I started writing it and filming something. And I remember sending it to one of my acting teachers and he said, oh, this is kind of funny. Maybe you should think about editing it. And I was like, okay, because I just sent him this thing. And I was like, I don't know what it is. And so then I started editing it and then kind of realized that there could be a structure to it. And then he formed itself into a web series. So initially it was just me just doing funny things. And then season two, I started getting other actors involved and writing for them. So it wasn't one of those lockdown projects. I've spoken to a lot of actors that found a second path when they were stuck inside and couldn't do anything. No, this actually happened before the pandemic. It was just me not getting as much work as I wanted and kind of finding humor in that. Try to create your own work. Absolutely. And also try to get a message out there. That was also kind of the point. You've got a perspective as someone that maybe dismissed a little because English isn't your first language and that's a valid point of view that you probably don't see an awful lot of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And again, I mentioned to you, I started going by my full name and that was also part of the transition of finding my authenticity and who I am. When I started in the industry, it was so much about really fitting into what Hollywood was, which was very non-diverse, was all Anglo-Saxon, white. And so Al, which is the name I was going for, was the reason that I went by that. But lately, I just decided to kind of embrace my background and who I am and just going by Alessandro Miro, which just makes me feel way more authentic. Yeah, and as an outsider looking and watching things, obviously it's going to be a long road, but it does seem like the diversity and representation thing is getting better, particularly in For the last sure. few years. 
Yes, and it really has. It's gotten a lot better. There's a lot more roles for everybody, which is awesome. And it's also just a truer representation of the world we live in. There is something about the 90s where, and I remember when I moved from, so my background is, I was born in Italy. My background is Italian, Moroccan. And I remember moving to North America and assuming that every single person was white and wealthy. <laughs> That's what the <laughs> 90s, if you think home alone, but it's just a lot of white people living in a mansion. And that's exactly <laughs> what I thought was going to happen when we moved here. And when we moved to North America, and I realized that that wasn't it. I was kind of shocked. I was like, wait a second. That's not what we are shown in movies. So I think now we get a better understanding and reflection of what North America is. And it is good to see. It's good to see those different cultural perspectives coming through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially with me being white, I don't necessarily see a lot of that. So it's, sure. it's great to get that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, it just makes things more interesting if they broaden it out. Well, yeah, exactly. It does. It gives a different flavor. It's a great way for Hollywood to not be stale. Different stories, different backgrounds. And, and also, look, I mean, it's also a great way to fight racism is by showing that there's all different kinds of people. I think a lot of times racism and prejudices come from the fact that people are misunderstood and people misunderstand other ethnicities and races and all that stuff. So if we're able to include everybody in what we show to the world, then people are just going to be coming a lot more accepting, I think. And it wouldn't have helped that a lot of TV and film would do the othering thing where you would have villains and so on that were always different ethnicities. Yes. The white guys are the good guys and stuff like that. Exactly. And that happens a lot also with the accent thing. Every time somebody has an accent, they're a bad person. Okay, that's not really how it is in the real world. Now I think we're transitioning to white billionaires being the bad guys, so it's looping round. <laughs> that, that's true. I, I do have some actor friends who are very white and they're like, man, suddenly I'm just going out for the bad guy all the time. <laughs> I'm always the jerk. I'm all about a balance. I don't think it should be one way or the other. I think it should be, you show all different perspectives of every ethnicity, why people can be nice and they can be the bad guy. Yeah. Everybody can be good or bad. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like many actors working in Canada, you appeared on Supernatural. A lot of actors I have did. It seemed to be a rite of passage when you work in Canada. Yeah, it, it is. When yeah. you hit Supernatural. That's right. I was a huge fan of that show and I loved to hear about people's experience working on it. So what was it like for you? You were in a flashback sequence. So did you I was. interact with any of the main cast or were you just separate from it all? So I didn't get to meet the main cast, unfortunately, because we were in this old video and I was a priest. Oh my God, I haven't thought about this in so long. Yeah, I was a priest and there was a demon. And we were doing an exorcism. It was super fun. We had a really good time. I remember we filmed it in an old church. And we did the scene where we went down the basement. It was the demon. And it was pretty creepy. Like, it actually was. It felt kind of creepy. And that show is almost a little bit goofy mm. as well. Yeah. You don't take it so, so seriously. So everything's a little, a little bit extra. It was actually really fun. This was a while ago. This was one of the first things I did. So it was also a big learning experience for me. I remember doing it and I remember watching it and being like, oh, okay, that's what it looks like. <laughs> it's funny. You do something and then the first time you see it is when everybody around the world is watching it and there's something very vulnerable about that. You don't get to see it beforehand, right? So you do the work, you let it go, and then it airs on TV and you see it at the same time as everybody. And you're kind of like, maybe I would have done something a little different, <laughs> but I guess it's too late now. Well, everybody's seen it. So there we go. 
guess it must be surreal filming something, not fully knowing if it will even make the final cut of the episode. Oh, yeah. And that's happened to me a few times that I film stuff and then I watch the episode. That happened to me on Fringe where I had a bit of a bigger part. I told my family, we're all sitting like watching the episode and then you literally see me for a split second. <laughs> And then that's it. And, and I'm thinking, oh no, they cut the scene. I didn't know how to tell everybody. I was like, shit, I'm not going to be in this. <laughs> and ever since that, I've not had any viewing parties ever. <laughs> I want to watch it and see if I'm actually in the show. And then I'll let you know. That was a good learning experience for me that I'm like, oh yeah, people get cut. And they don't tell you. You're watching on TV and it's like, oh, no, not in this. Well, at least you got paid, I suppose. And you get paid and you get the credit. It's all good, but I don't want to see it, though. <laughs> it is a bummer when it's cut. You're kind of yeah. like, oh, man, that sucks. And you also more recently appeared on The Flash. That was uh, another show I was a fan of. Yeah. What was that like working on? You were thief number two, according to IMDb. It was. It was also a very quick role, to be honest. And it was also a while ago. That was season one or two. It was a long time ago. And it's actually funny because that's where I met Brent Gustin. And I met him so briefly because I was there just playing team number two. I will tell you, there was a funny story about that. I did the scene where I, I broke this glass case. There was a jewelry in it. They're like, okay, let's shoot it. They wanted me to take the gun and just swing back and then hit it. But when we were shooting, I didn't realize where the camera guy was. So when I went back, I actually hit the camera guy. Oh, no. And I was just there for the one day. So I was just <laughs> mortified that I show up for one day to do this thing and I knock over the camera guy <laughs> with this expensive camera. But I had no idea he was behind me. They're just like, action. I just went. So that was pretty funny. And yeah, that's where I met Grant super briefly. And I actually reminded him, I told him when we're doing Puppy Love that I was like, you know, I actually met you like years ago <laughs> when I was playing Thief number two. We just met in the green room because he wasn't in the scene with me, but I met him briefly. So was, that was kind of cool to then go back and actually work with him again. Yeah. And we'll talk about Puppy Love in a bit. Mm -hmm. Riverdale, that's another one. You made your way around the big Canadian productions. Oh my God, I did. I've actually recently gotten into it and I really like how insane it actually is. I think it's a really enjoyable yeah, nuts TV insane. show. So what was it like working on that and getting into the tone? That was also a very interesting story. So I'd booked Firefly Lane and I was doing that. But when I showed up, they had to do a reshoot. So they booked me for a reshoot. In the meantime, I auditioned for Riverdale. And we had signed on to the reshoot for Firefly Lane. And when I booked Riverdale, the first day was actually the same day as the reshoot of Riverdale. Oh, no. And they tried to make it work, but they couldn't. So I actually lost the part. They had to give it to somebody else because I had to go back to Firefly Lane. And the dates didn't work. And I was super bummed out because I think it was going to be a few episodes. And I was like, oh, my God, that sucks. But then, and it was still part of, we were like three mob people and they gave it to somebody else but then on the third episode somebody else from the mob something happened so one of the actors couldn't do it and they thought of me so they brought me back they brought me in for the one episode so i was supposed to do three episodes but i managed to get one in which was nice at least but i do remember being super bummed out that i wasn't able to do all three episodes it was fun they're super professional it was one of the last seasons and they're just so quick they get shit done you show up they're ready to go they shoot they move on it, it's pretty quick a lot of tv works that way especially when it's later on in the seasons they know what they're doing but it was great it was really fun I got to work with charles melton which was really cool to see him doing so well on the festival circuit this year oh cool he's nominated for a golden globe now and he was a super nice guy and really great to work with so yeah that was fun i got to play a mobster which i don't think i had before it was a good time 
It's interesting you talk about the pace of production of these shows because with you doing a few of these 20-odd episode season shows, it must be good having done it before to go in and know what they're expecting of you, what pace they're expecting from you. Oh, for sure. You got to be ready. There's no messing around. You go and you got to get it done. And it's quite different from film, I feel. I think it's a lot quicker and a lot. Just go and do your job. Especially if you're kind of jumping in for like one or a couple of episodes. They're like, go, do your job and nail it. People want to go home. (laughs) You better do it right because you don't want to be the one holding everybody up. What is it they say on TV? You film maybe like 10 pages a day and on film it's like two or three pages a day. Yeah, exactly. Depends on the films now because now they do make movies way quicker well, some. You still have the big blockbusters get months and months, but a lot of the movies are actually made pretty quickly as well these days. They don't get a lot of, especially with the streaming, they're getting so much content out and they do it a lot quicker than they used to. So it's kind of moving into the same pace as TV. Maybe not quite as, as fast, but it's still pretty fast. Puppy Love then. We'll talk about that. You had a sizable role in that movie. Yeah. Every one of the scenes you appear in, you appear in with Lucy Hale. So what was mm-hmm. she like to work with? She's amazing. She's the best. I love Lucy. We had the best time. We had so much fun on that shoot. She's incredibly humble and kind and generous, not just with the actors, but with everybody. She's a gem. She's truly one of those people that you feel lucky that they're number one because they create such a good environment on set. Make everybody feel good make everybody feel like they're heard and seen and all that so she's awesome we had so much fun she was one of my favorite people that i've worked with we laughed so hard on that set and we had a lot of freedom we could improv a lot and the directors were just amazing nick fabiano and richard allen reed they were so much fun to work with see that was a very different than my experiences on tv shows this really felt creative and collaborative we were really all throwing in ideas and they were throwing us ideas on the spot and improvising and it was the most fun i've ever had on a set by far and your character's this eccentric rich guy what was that like to play yeah. <laughs> you don't seem an awful lot like the character hunter <laughs> in the films i'm really not it's <laughs> Funny, I actually ran into somebody who had seen me in the movie and they're like, oh my God, you're that weird guy in puppy love. And then they're like, but this is so weird because you're really nice in real life. <laughs> it's called acting. I'm not really like that. Hunter is crazy. And I feel like he became crazier as we were shooting. It just became stranger and stranger. But it's really fun, man. Again, I love to play characters that are very different from me. I was basing it a little bit on the Elon Musk kind of vibe because Elon Musk can be kind of strange. <laughs> I've watched him in some interviews. It's a little bit strange. So I kind of wanted this guy. I was brilliant as the CEO of a tech company. So it's kind of like, yeah, this guy's brilliant, but I want to make him that he doesn't understand social interactions. Like he doesn't know how to behave with people. So even when he meets her, he's almost like a robot. I want him almost like a robot. Like he doesn't actually know how to introduce himself and how to talk to somebody like a human being because he's so smart and he's so brilliant. But when it comes to social interactions, it's just clueless. Right. And then as the movie progressive, I wanted him to become wilder. So he starts off very cold and just like a robot. And then by the end of it, especially when he starts drinking and kind of loosening up, he just becomes this child. Then you realize that this brilliant man is actually he's just a child that is lost in the world. So it was really fun. And we had so much creative freedom and so many amazing ideas from Nick and Rich, the directors. And yeah, it was a blast, man. It was so fun. It seemed like he'd never experienced reality in any way. So it was just meandering through and just 
doing whatever he wanted, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. He lives in a different reality <laughs> than everybody else does and is unaware of what reality is. You know, I do feel like sometimes people that get so rich kind of feel like maybe they lose touch of reality. Not everybody, but some people. And so I wanted to bring that to him. He lives in a different reality. He's almost not even a real person in a way. <laughs> I laughed a lot at that sensory dinner scene. That that must have been very difficult to keep a straight face while filming that. Oh my God. We couldn't keep a straight face. It was so funny. I've got a bunch of bloopers on my Instagram that I got to post because the dinner scene, it's so fun. The final take, it's a lot milder than how far we went when we were shooting it. When we were shooting it, it got insane. It went crazy. And luckily, I've got a lot of behind-the-scene footage. If anybody wants to see it, it's on my Instagram. And it, we just went crazy, and we could not keep a straight face. Either I was laughing, or Lucy was laughing, or everybody in the crew was laughing. There's one point that the camera is just shaking because they're laughing behind the camera. And But it went crazy, man. Between every take, Rich or Nick would come in my ear and just whisper something new to do. Without telling Lucy, right? Like, do this. And then I would just do it and Lucy would just lose it and we both just lose it. It was so much fun. That specific scene is probably the funnest scene I've ever shot in my life. I've never had so much fun. People can check out the bloopers. I'll be sure to have a look at them because I'd love to see what didn't get in. Yeah, a lot didn't get in. He shot the craziest, craziest stuff. It was really fun. And you also got to be threatened by a toy lightsaber by Grant Gustin. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for the film. That was also really funny. That was my only scene with Grant. And that was actually my first day. I pretty much shot the whole movie backwards because my first scene was the last scene. Okay. So my first day was the fight scene with Grant. And man, that was funny because again, we improvised a lot. So he put out the lightsaber and they were telling him things to say again in his ear that I didn't know. And I wasn't supposed to do any weird things. I forget who it was. It was either Nick or Rich, but comes up to me and he's like oh after he does that can you do like some weird karate move <laughs> and i was like what and this was my first day so i didn't quite realize that's how it works i'm like okay so he does the lightsaber and then i do that crazy karate move. whatever that meant to me in the moment i don't do karate so i just came up with this crazy karate move and then they actually kept it in the movie which i wasn't sure if they were gonna keep it because i'm like this is outrageous like this is so crazy <laughs> but then they did hunter just does this crazy karate move and it's so weird. <laughs> and all the messing with his stuff and whatever. It was, it was really good. Messing with the you stuff. You don't want this guy yeah. in your house sort of seat. It's very uncomfortable. A hundred percent. Especially Grant's character, who's so precise. I was like the opposite of Grant's character. And then the punch, actually, the punch was good, but I feel like I got whiplash from it. <laughs> My neck was hurting for like a week after that. And you don't realize it while you're doing it. Then <laughs> The next day you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, that was super fun, man. And Grant was also such a joy to work with and so fun and so kind as well, like super, super kind. So it was really fun to work with him too on that scene. And when was it you got to see the final cut of the film? Was it when it came out or did you have some kind of crew screening? Well, no. So sadly, our movie came out during the strike. It was going to be our first big LA premiere. That was going to be in August, red carpet, all that stuff. And it all got cancelled because we weren't allowed to attend premieres that was a big bummer 
for me. I was pretty sad about that whole thing. I was really looking forward to it, especially celebrating with the people that worked on the film. It's something we've been looking forward to. And I know Amazon Freebie was really excited about the movie and putting it on. So we were supposed to all go to LA and have that big premiere, but that didn't happen. So sadly, when he did come out, I was actually in Portugal on a vacation and the movie was only out in the States. Probably shouldn't say that. But I had to get an illegal or get somebody to send me an illegal stream of it. And I just watched it. (laughs) by myself on my laptop, which was really kind of sad because I was <laughs> expecting this big Hollywood premiere. And instead, I'm just watching the movie by myself on a little laptop from an illegal streaming service. <laughs> so that's how I watched it. It was not glamorous. It is what it is. But at least you didn't get cut. You got to see that. And I did. And they were very kind. They really left most of my stuff. And the only part that got cut was me going into the swimming pool, which again, I have photos of it on my Instagram. And that was a fun scene where I just go into the swimming pool and go crazy. But everything else made it in the cut. And I was very, very thankful to them for leaving Hunt during the movies. <laughs> I was very happy about that. He's quite important to the film. I don't think there was much chance of him getting cut. You never know. I didn't think he would, but you never know. I mean, it creates the conflict, right? It creates a conflict between Lucy and Grant. So, yeah. I think it's important. It's a shame to hear that it kind of got buried by the strike a bit because it seemed like it would have been a decent crowd pleaser. It's a rom-com, there's dogs in it. It's very yeah, feel good. Totally, totally, yeah. The timing sucked. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The first strike in what, like 43 years? Our movie comes out in those two months that this strike was happening. I was like, oh, seriously? What are the odds? This is painful. But yeah, it is what it is, you know. But people still got to see it and that's great. It did really well in, in the States on Amazon Freebie. I know it's coming out in the UK on February 14th on Prime. So that's exciting. So people are watching, people are really enjoying it. It's on flights now too. I get messages from people like, oh, I just saw your movie on the plane. I'm like, cool. (laughs) I really enjoyed it when I saw it. I gave it a a shot because Grant Gustin and Lucy Hale were in it. I like them and other stuff. And then I watched it and I was like, you know what? That was exactly what I wanted to watch right now. It made me feel good. It is. It's super cute. It's funny. Their chemistry is great. They're just really good together. And I actually really like it. I do like rom-com. Actually, funny enough, I always watch rom-coms on planes. So when people tell me I saw that, I was like, you know, that's actually a movie that I would watch on the plane. I think it's fun. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad it made you feel good. That is the point of it. And it's super cute. I definitely did. With rom-coms, I like the good ones. There's a lot of them that are just not very good, but... For sure. That was a good one. Yeah, and I like that we kind of went further with the comedy. It is an R rating. It was kind of fun that we just went for it. There's a lot of funny stuff. They didn't keep it PG. There's a lot of funny humor. And everybody in it is so funny. And all the actors in it are just really good. Good, man. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was a surprise for me to see Grant Gustin swearing after years of seeing him on The Flash. For sure, yeah. Kind of a different role for him, but he he killed it. He did so good. Was the R rating always the plan? Because I know that sometimes they do different cuts to get different age ratings. And I could see how you could cut it to a PG quite easily, actually. That's a very good question. And as a matter of fact, yeah, we were shooting based on the fact that he might go both ways. Okay. So we do some takes where it's like, yeah, maybe don't use the F word in this just in case. So we did shoot it that it could go both ways. We weren't quite sure. But then I think they're just like, all right, it's going to be on our rating. I'm glad they just went for it. It's kind of nice. Helps it stand out a little bit, I think. For sure. And I think people want something a bit more risky. So it's like, that is wild. Let's go for it. <laughs> Especially the way we shot it. I think it would have been really difficult to, we would have had to cut a lot of things. It wasn't like your typical sweet rom-com. It's kind of funny because I think when it came out, people thought it'd be like a Hallmark type movie. And then people were like, oh, it's not 
a Hallmark type movie. I know some reviews were, I think, a little offended by the fact that he wasn't a Hallmark type movie. It's called Puppy Love, and the poster kind of looks like. I think some people were literally just like, oh my God, I was so offended, which is fine. It's all right. I liked it. I think it's fun that it's not. I think it's fun that he took risks and went for it and adds to the comedy. Like I said, it puts it kind of over the top a little bit when there's a lot of those sorts of movies. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we need a little bit of that. We need more goofiness and just to laugh and not take things too seriously, which is what was fun about it. Absolutely. It caught me in the right mood, I think, when I watched it. And I was just uplifted slightly by watching it. I had a good time. Good, good. I feel like it's a movie that you can just re-watch. That you can just replay and, and it just makes you feel good and it's fun. So you can always go back to it. So what's next for you, acting-wise? Is there things you can talk about that you've got coming up that you're excited about? There's nothing I can quite talk about yet. There's an indie coming out that I did, but I can't really talk about too much right now. Okay. Because of the strike, we were all just waiting for a bit. So we just started auditioning again recently. So right now, besides that one thing coming out, it's just back to auditioning. The industry is only now getting started again. Not a lot of people did a lot last year. <laughs> we kind of had a break, a long break. So now it's just waiting for new things to come up. I'm guessing there's a massive backlog of stuff that they need to get through. Yeah, they do. And oddly, we thought we'd get really busy in January audition-wise, but it seems like it's taking a little bit longer for whatever reason. I thought they'd be like, oh, let's go. But yeah, so now auditions are just picking up. So I've been pretty busy this week with auditions for all sorts of things. So we'll see what comes up next. I'd love to work with these guys again from Puppy Love. That'd be cool if we're able to do something else fun, but we'll see. So I'll keep my eye out and see what you appear in in future for sure thank you thank you thank you so much the last question i always ask people because we're a nerdy focused podcast is if you could have any superpower what would it be and why oh wow what's it called teletransport is that what it's called teleport oh my god i'm thinking of the italian version <laughs> teleport from one place to the next because i i have friends in so many different places and it's not really a cool one like i want to buy the bad guys but i just want to be places where my friends are I got a lot of friends in New York and LA and in Europe as well. And I would love to just be able to go from one place to the other one. That would be my superpower so that I can just see people and not have to get on a plane and just be there. That would be it. If that counts as a superpower. You would see less rom-coms though, because you wouldn't be on planes anymore. <laughs> That's true. Well, I guess I'd have to watch at home then. I'd also watch them. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I would watch less rom-coms. You'd have the time, so I suppose you could. Yeah, because then I would make up for the time. So I'd just watch it with my friends when I'm somewhere. Yeah, exactly. That is a good one. For me, it would be super speed because I want to get places quickly, but I also still want to see places. Oh, okay. That's also a good one. So like the Flash, you want Grant's superpower. Yeah, just running from place to place. That's a good I was actually thinking of maybe, because that's kind of the same, the sense it would get me places really fast. So I take that as well. I feel like I'd be good and seeing places in the meantime, yeah. Though, if you're going that fast, you really get to see places, do you think? I think your perspective would slow down, so everything would seem like it's going normally to you. Oh, is that how it works? Well, it, it does in The Flash anyway. Oh, it does it? When he's running, the world seems to be very slow to him, because otherwise he wouldn't be able to navigate. Okay, I know I was on The Flash and I know Grant, but I'm not going <laughs> to lie, I haven't really seen it. Is that terrible? I haven't really seen much of The Flash. Because otherwise you'd bang into walls if you couldn't navigate. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, that's cool then. I would be into that because then I would get places fast. But yeah, you get to see a lot. It's cool. That's a good one. 
And your one's good too, and teleporting would be useful. Teleporting would be useful too. Now that I know what it's called instead of, what did I call it? Well, you can call it whatever you want. It's your power. I make up words sometimes. I don't know. That's what happens when you speak three languages. You're just, what am I saying? (laughs) I struggle enough with one. (laughs) So there we go. (laughs) Well, that's everything I had. So thanks very much for your time. It was great chatting to you. Thank you. Great chatting to you about puppy love. I really hope it takes off in the UK as well when it hits you. Yeah. I hope people watch it and enjoy it. Hopefully it'll be that thing on Amazon Prime where people are like, yeah, I'll give this a go. Yeah, I think it will. In the States, people have really been enjoying it. So hopefully in the UK as well. Yeah, this interview will come out and if people listen, they'll have a reason to check it out. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, for watching our movie and for supporting it. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. And thanks for giving me some of your time to talk to me about it. Absolutely. That was my interview with Alessandro Miro. I wish him the very best for all future projects. If you like what you heard here, then hit subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We'd love it if you'd leave a five-star rating and a review. If you want to discuss this interview or anything else, then you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, or Blue Sky under Neil Before Blog, or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. You can also join us on Discord. For more interviews, a monthly news podcast, and deep dive analytical discussions about your favourite nerdy things, join us on Neil Before Pod.